The following is a Sports Ethos presentation. I'm your host, Corbin Forge. Follow me on Twitter, at CorbinNBA. And yes, it has been a second for sure. Um, family stuff in the wintertime, man. It's rough. But I'm happy to announce that I'm back. We are back here. Right back with the ramble. You know what we do. We ramble about the round ball. I'm happy to get started with y'all again. I uh, hope the winter was well for everyone. As for myself, you know, my family got through another year with myself. We were all... I'm healthy, happy, and that's all we can ask for, especially out in this day and age with a lot of craziness going on. So I'm definitely grateful for that. I hope everyone listening that y'all are doing well as well. Uh, this is a Sports Ethos presentation, so definitely make sure to check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos. Pretty simple. S-P-O-R-T-S-E-T-H-O-S. Online, SportsEthos.com. Definitely do me a favor and check that out. Get your worldwide sports coverage. Not only basketball, not only football, but now including baseball. In addition to fantasy, DFS, and gaming. So definitely make sure to do that. We have tremendous team podcasts as well that you are doing yourself a disservice if you don't check out, including the Bulls, Celtics, Clippers, Grizzlies, Hawks, Heat, Kings, Lakers, Mavs, Nets, Pelicans, Raptors, and Wolves. So definitely hop on board all that. Take advantage of what we have to offer. In addition, it's a great show here. And today, we have a go. We got some news to go into, scores from last night. We'll see about some NBA birthdays, see what's going on there, and then set up for the rest of the week. So, without further ado, we're going to get started. We're going to start by just recapping some of the craziness that's happened in the NBA over the past week. NBA, always something going down, as y'all know. So, just this past week, we've had a 50-point game. We've had two legends that have just kept cooking. We've had one guy who I've been the biggest fan of this year just going off for back-to-back game winners. It has been a lot of fun across the association. So let's start with, you know, got to be a little biased here with the Lakers. Actually, no, no, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to start with the Lakers because we got some more to talk about. But LeBron just turned 37 last week, continues to just defy logic as to how long a player can keep rolling at a very high level this late into his career. Uh, this is 19th year, 37 years old. Stop me if you've heard that before. <laughs> exactly, but what's crazy about it is that he is averaging 28.5 points per game. That's the highest since 2010, personally, for LeBron James, and that is the most by any player his age with this many years in the NBA ever. The next nearest guy was way back in the late 80s by a certain Kareem Abdul Jabbar, who put up a rather pedestrian uh, 14 points per game by comparison, literally half of what LeBron's putting up. But that's not all on. That's not all that there is. LeBron is also shooting 52.3% from the field. That's his highest in four years. He's shooting 37% from three. That's his highest in eight years. Taking the most field goal attempts in literally over a decade and some change. (laughs) Most steals since 2012, 10 years ago. And most blocks per game since, uh, yes, again, over a decade, 2009. He is just on fire. He had a seven-game streak of scoring 30 or more points. That got snapped on Sunday, but he finished with 26th. And... This is the longest run, 30-point games, 
this season. Trey Young and Kevin Durant are the only ones even close to that, and they've had five game streaks apiece. That's pretty crazy. Uh, that's not all for LeBron. He leads the NBA with 15 30-point games this season and only 26 games played. He scored at least 30 points in more than half of his games. That's insane. Um, right now, he is on pace to pass Karl Malone for second on the NBA's all-time scoring list in just 29 games as he currently trails the mailman by 821 points. So he keeps pouring in like this. It's only a matter of time that LeBron puts yet another record across the many that he's broken so far. Speaking of another guy who's breaking some records, Steph Curry, who's broken his own three-point record. Technically, now that Steph Curry has passed both Ray, Ray, um, Reggie Miller and Ray Allen for number one on three-point list, every three-point that Steph Curry makes is technically a, a record-breaker. But he became the first to reach 3,000 this past week, and he broke another one of his records on Saturday as he made a three-pointer for the 158th consecutive game. That breaks his mark for 157 that he set back in 2016. He's made at least one three-pointer in every game he's played since December 1st, 2018. That is long. Now, here we go. Like I'm just going to tell you the top five. Number five, Clay Thompson, had 95 games from December 2016 through January 2018 with at least a three-pointer. After that was Jordan Clarkson. Very surprising to see him on the list, but number four, he made a three in 99 straight games from January 2020 to October 2021. Then Kyle Korver, who I did expect to see there. He was third, 127 games from November 2012 through March 2014. Then, of course, Steph Curry with 157 from 2014 to 2016, and then again from 2018 to now. The guy is the best shooter in league history. I really don't think there's anything more to say. Um, He just has the longest active streak with threes, the most threes, many in a game. I mean, this is wild. This is wild. He's only had 48 games out of 795 games played in which he did not make a three-pointer. Shout out to NBA.com. That is 6% out of his whole career that he did not make one three. Not that surprising for a guy who's defined by a three-point shot, but you know, you know. Other guys who have a current long streak, it's Steph Curry at 158. No one's even close to 100. Donovan Mitchell is next at 39 games, then Fred Van Vliet at 37, Luke Kennard at 37 as well, and D'Angelo Russell at 28. Now, if I had to guess who would keep that streak going aside from Steph, (sighs) Mitchell, Russell, Kennard, Vliet. I'm going to say Russell had some cold games, and Mitchell can definitely shoot and miss. So I'm going to take those two out. So between Van Vliet and Kennard and... I don't think Donovan Mitchell, he's at 39 games right now. I don't think he gets to 50 games. I could see Van Vliet doing it because he'll have enough opportunity, and I think he's a more reliable shooter. Kennard may be out the rotation. There may be something there. I don't know. I guess it would still count. I'm just not feeling Kennard, even though he's a very good shooter. I'm going to go with Van Vliet. Even though he takes a harder a harder set of those shots, he does go for higher volume. All right. Aside from that, other news in the NBA. Buster beaters. Y'all like game winners? We had quite a few. You had Chemeze Metu, who saved the Kings. The Kings were down by the Mavs. 13 points in the second half of... Um, their matchup over the weekend, and literally, they squand- They were up by 13, they squandered the lead, found themselves down by 2 points with 3.8 seconds left to play. Darren Fox gets the inbounds pass, he drives past Jalen Brunson, gets in the lane, whips the ball to Dwight Powell, whips the ball out past Dwight Powell, to the right-hand corner where Chemezi Metu was sitting, right past him, one-handed pass, catch, shoot, ball game, baby, Metu from the corner, wide open, and Metu has been shooting... Uh, horrible from three, like, like just 20 of 83, that's 24% from three, um, over the last six games, 
three of 21. Like, he's not shy, as you can see, about getting them up, but he's not been making them. But in this one, wide open, practice shot, corner pocket, bam. That's Sacramento's second game-winning buzzer of the season. Um, it's wild. It's really wild. The Since 2019, actually, the Kings have had the most game-winning buzz readers in the NBA. You had Temezi Metu against the Mavericks. Harrison Barnes has had a couple against both the Cavs and the Suns. Buddy Heald had a couple against both the Nuggets and the Pistons. Nemanja Bilica had one against the Rockets. I do remember that game. And then Bogdan Badanovich had one against the Lakers. I also remember that game. Oh, man, fun times when you're a Russ fan. Um, although Badanovich did it, uh, he didn't do it against, against the Lakers. Uh, I think that was... The Tyson Channel, LeBron James type Lakers, like the multiple ball handlers. Russell wasn't on the team, I just watched it. Anyways, enough about that. Um, John Morant gave the Grizzlies a win. Not quite a buzzer beater, but very close. Uh, in last Monday's win over Phoenix, Morant scored 20 points in the paint and scored his biggest with less than a minute remaining. Drove into the lane, hung, hung, switched hands, and put up the shot. It went through a .5, and that was enough to seal the deal for the Grizzlies. Another game, Sadiq Bay. This was New Year's Day. Left corner pocket three. Sadiq Bay was able to splash one in with 1.9 seconds left in overtime to lift the Pistons to a one-point win over the Spurs. It was a beautiful hammer play, and it was ironic because the Spurs have been just legendary users of the hammer play uh, just throughout their tenure, especially in the Popovich era. Um, so it was hilarious to see them go down uh, to the Pistons using the same one. Derek Walton Jr. made the pass. It went right by Jakob Pertl, who still saw the play coming, but wasn't able to stop it. Bay guided into the corner, knocked the three down over two defenders. All right, so now we go to one more buzzer beater, actually two back-to-back in two straight games. My guy, the guy that folks said was the worst offseason signing in the NBA this past year. Damar DeRozan. As the joke goes, the more I say it, the more I like it. He closed both 2021 and started 2022 with game-winning buzzer-beater three-pointers, y'all. DeMar DeRozan, mid-range savant, stretched out to three against both Indiana and Washington. Both game-winning shots came on the road. Both came with Chicago trailing. So this was winner-go-home time, and Chicago was led to a victory thanks to DeRozan. The Bulls, thanks to him, extended their win streak to seven games, and they are right now just straight up alone atop the Eastern Conference standings. He is the first player to hit a game-winning buzzer beater in back-to-back games since the start of the play-by-play era, 1997-1998. Basically, since I was like two or three, it's never been done before. Now, I like the New Year's Heave. Uh, I like the name of that, the New Year's Eve Heave. I like that in Indiana. The Bulls are trailing by one, DeRozan dribbled out the remainder of the clock, and then somehow just rose up for a one-leg three-pointer, one of those games you, you kind of shoot up during horse or if you're just warming up and... Uh, little secret. Let's say you know that your jumper's not going. Oh, let me just shoot around. I'm just messing around. Yeah, I'm just going to throw the ball up. That's what DeRozan did. From 27 feet, nothing but net. It was a beauty. It was crazy. Um, Bulls are trailing by one. The shot was ridiculous, and the fact they knocked it out with confidence, amazing. But guess what? One day later, similar position. Bulls are trailing late in the fourth quarter. Kyle Kuzma put the Wizards up two with four seconds left to play. Bulls called timeout, ran a sideline out-of-bounds play. Pass went to DeRozan. DeRozan pump fake, let Corey Kispert slide right by him. Then rose up just as Bradley Beal came over from the corner to contest. Didn't matter. Shot was going through the bucket. Splash. That was the the second um, buzzer beat. That was actually the first because Sadiq Bey hit his later in the corner that night on New Year's Day. But it was the biggest because it was the second one 
another one that was just crazy. You had LeBron James and other players that were just reacting to DeMar DeRozan. Um, and there, there is talk. Oh, is he most improved? Which mm, I don't think he's been demonstrably better. He's just been as good as he is. Is he MVP? I think there's a conversation to be had. I know people don't want to think talk about it too much, but I think he's somewhere in that mix. But right now, what you can definitely say absolutely for sure is that All Star um, something he's been in is snapped. He is going to be an All Star game this year and well deserved. He's been the catalyst of the Bulls' success this season, and it is so good to see. Forget the haters. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Even if that's me, sometimes I don't care. Another big one. You've had only three 50-point games this season. Only three. Kind of crazy. We had explosions over the last couple of years. But the officiating, um, just shot accuracy being down across the board has kind of lended uh, itself to scores kind of being down a little bit more in terms of these crazy numbers. So you just had Steph Curry at 50, Kevin Durant at 51, but now you've had another. Jalen Brown. He posted it. He became the seventh player in the history of the Celtics to score 50 in a game. The other six... Larry Bird, he did it four times. Jason Tatum, he did it twice. And then one apiece for Sam Jones, Kevin McHale, Paul Pierce, and Isaiah Thomas. He had 24 in the fourth quarter and OT to lead the Celtics to a comeback win over the Orlando Magic. He had a career-high 50 points, 11 boards, on 19 of 29 shooting. That is crazy. With 420 left in the game, the Celtics trailed by 14. Brown would score 14 points on 6-7. They outscored Orlando 18-4-4 overtime and eventually would prevail 116-111. It was an amazing performance by Jalen Brown. Electric, exciting. The comeback was great. But also, you have to give yourself cause for pause if you needed 50 points in a just amazing comeback to beat the scrappy but also pretty bad Orlando Magic team. I don't know how you, uh, you kind of compensate with how you compartmentalize all of that. That's probably the better word. Because, like, on the one hand, yes, great win, great victory. Like, you know, the Celtics don't care. They're like, hey, we won the game. That was the point we did we had to do. Jalen Brown had himself a night. Like, that's great. But if you're on the outside looking in, I mean, I'm just saying, the Magic, I love them. Love the uniform. Love the young guys. But, I mean, they don't got playoff aspirations. They really don't. And mind you, this is any given day, NBA. That's why they play the games, because you don't know what's going to happen. That's kind of exciting. But at the same time, same time, yikes. Celtics have some questions for sure. Hope to get into that in future shows. But aside from that, um, other news, NBA, M- WNBA Jason, we're, we're all about that here on Ramble Ramble. Becky Hammond jumped from the San Antonio Spurs coaching staff to now not only become head coach, but also general manager of the Las Vegas Aces. This is a Loss for the NBA, but a great gain for the WNBA. Becky Hammond, uh, 44, she played 16 seasons in WNBA. She made six all-star teams. After retiring, she joined the bench of Greg Popovich in San Antonio as the NBA's first woman assistant in 2014 and has been there for the last eight years while interviewing for multiple NBA head coaching vacancies, including not only the Portland Trailblazers opening, uh, most notably last season, but others. But she has not been offered any NBA head coaching jobs. And she said, I sat in head coaching interviews in the NBA, and people said two things. They said, you've only been in San Antonio, and you've never been a head coach. Well, the Aces saw me as a head coach right now, end quote. And that is really, really cool. Um, she said, I never closed the door on the WNBA because I love the WNBA. I've learned to just keep my options open and try to be open-minded. When Aces president Nikki Fargus called, I listened. This is not really about the NBA or WNBA. This is about me personally being ready to have a team and wanting to have a team. And it, it's true. I mean, she spoke out as a, a woman in a space 
dominated by men, obviously, in the NBA in terms of coaching. She said, um, we've never had these conversations about men leading women's teams. It's true. So I'm glad that she's going to get that opportunity. I'm glad that she was um, given that. She's definitely earned that. Paid her dues, summer league teams, coached the NBA um, team for a game. Like, she's been there and, and done the work, and now she's getting the opportunity. So she'll inherit an ace team. That posted the WNBA second best record. Um, they were 24 and 8, and they lost in the playoff semifinals to my Phoenix Mercury. But moving on, she replaces Bill Lambeer, who left his position. He's coached the Ace for the past four seasons. And it's funny, it's nice that she's going to kind of have a homecoming. This is a homecoming for Hannah because she played her final eight WNBA seasons with the San Antonio Stars. And they relocated to Las Vegas in 2018 and became the Aces. So it's really cool for her to kind of see this come full circle. I'm very excited to see this WNBA expanded season that we're going to see. I'm going to ask some WNBA experts on in future shows to break that down, do some previews. It should be a lot of fun for sure. All right. And with the news out of the way, let's get to yesterday's scores. We're going to start with just an absolutely fun game that made me just marvel at how much I love the game of basketball. Defense was optional in this one. Both teams declined, but the Portland Trail Blazers beat the Atlanta Hawks 136-131 to in a simply insane game. It really, really was. Highlighted by two young guards, Trey Young and Anthony Simons. And let me tell you, this was like no other. The two combined to score 99 points that's right 99 points between the two guards along with seven rebounds and 21 assists just in case you thought all they did was score uh it was an insane game that was actually pretty close nip and tuck uh Atlanta Hawks offense mainly consisted of Trey Young with the 56 but you also had a 20 point performance 22 points and 11 boards from Clint Capella who was 10 of 10 from the field 18 points from Kevin Herter um and then a pair of uh eight points from both Onyeka Kungu and Delon Wright so that was fun but honestly Trey Young was really the guy uh Portland had no chance of stopping him Young was 17-26 from the field, 7 of 12 from 3, made all 15 of his free throws, many of them of the questionable variety. I think it was just like the little guy going to the basket, got to call something, um, along with 14 assists to only 4 turnovers. Really a masterpiece of a performance for Trey Young. He was a plus 10, uh, the only other player, only other two players with positive plus minus in this game were DeLon Wright at plus six and Kevin Herter at plus four, but he really balled out. And Portland said, you know what? We can't defend him. Like, he's going to get, he's going to drain shots from deep. He's going to run pick and roll to perfection, get to the basket. He's going to get the foul call. So, we're not really going to try. We're just going to score on him with his counterpart. Anthony Simons went to work. Simons at 43 points. 13-21 from the field, 9 of 16 from 3, made all 8 of his free throws, 3 rebounds, 7 assists to only 2 turnovers. The guy was on fire. This is the third most threes that Simons has made in his young career. He's only 22. He made 9 a couple of months back, and then he made 7 three-pointers 2 years ago. And This is, he was just knocking them in from the top of the key, and from deep, and from around the line. Like It did not matter. Uh, he wasn't alone. He had a little more help than Trey Young did. 26 points from Norman Powell on a very efficient 9 of 13 shooting. Uh, 21 points 
for Yusef Nurkic on 8 18, 22 points, and four threes from Nasir Little, along with nine rebounds as well. He also had 10 points from Ben McLemore. Uh, again, a little more help, and that made the difference for the Blazers' win. This was a really fun game uh, that had a lot of people missing. Let me just read this to you. The inactive players for Atlanta. Jalen Johnson, Cat Barber, Gorgie Jang, DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan Badanovich, Salomon Hill, John Collins, Cam Reddish, Mark Ellison, Justin Tillman. For the Blazers, you know, just Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Brandon Williams, Cameron McGriff, Kevin Blevins, Jaron Cumberland, and Cody Zeller. So, a lot of guys were not able to play, but it was still a fun performance. Uh, especially powerful one for Anthony Simons, who had lost his grandfather the night before to cancer. Um, and he even spoke about it after the game, saying that it was largely his grandpa that inspired the performance that he had, dedicated the game to him, uh, and said later on in post-game that although his heart was heavy, his mind was clear, and that's what had him focused on what he had to sell to do, which was get this W for the Showblazers team. They needed every point um, to withstand those 56 from Young, but it was a very fun game. Check it out. I mean, even the 20-minute YouTube clip that the NBA posted on, on YouTube um, was entertaining just because... I mean, you can see it. Okay, who's going to outscore the other? Who's going to be caught with the ball when time ran out? Because obviously, defense, again, unless it was a key defensive play at the end, wasn't going to happen. And it really didn't. So, really good game for Anthony Simons. Uh, tough break for Trey Young, who put up just a monstrous performance and a loss. But really fun game of basketball. On what was mostly a good night of basketball. You had a close game between the Washington Wizards and the Charlotte Hornets. The Wizards pulled out behind a dominant double-double by Kyle Kuzma. 36 points, 14 rebounds. Was clutch down the stretch for this Wizards team. Knocked down several key threes. Uh, in fact, Kuzma was the real reason that the Wizards were able to hang on and win. Um... He had a three-point with one minute and ten seconds left to give Washington a 114-113 lead. Uh, Beal added two free throws later with 39 seconds left to put the Wizards up three. And then Beal and Kuzma each added two free throws to secure the win a little bit later. And, yeah, uh, this was this was crazy. Uh, just to see Kuzma, we know he can score, we know he can put the ball in the basket, but uh, the way that he did it now was one of his most clutch performances since, I want to say, postseason with the Lakers in 2020. And before that, on some, you know, young rebuilding Laker teams before that, because this was a really, really strong performance from Kuzma. Now, the Hornets, who are 19-19 with that loss, definitely played a lot better. Remember, they were embarrassed by Phoenix by 33 points uh, over the weekend. They lost by a season-high 34 points, but they definitely came back and, and, and made the Wizards work for it. Miles Bridges had 23 points and a season-high 14 rebounds. Terry Rozier scored 25, and Gordon Hayward led the way with 27 in that loss. So it was a tough one. It went down, like I said, to the wire, but Kyle Kuzma did what Kyle Kuzma does. Uh, loved on Twitter. Statmuse, which <laughs> have some thoughts about them. Uh, their Twitter account basically put his stats out and said he's one of the few Wizards that put up such a performance. And it just had a picture of him kind of dressed in his normal Wizards uniform. But when they mocked him a couple weeks back, they had him in this like oversized pink hoodie um, that he had wore ridiculously so uh, to one of his games. And Kyle Kuzma on Twitter said, yo, like keep that same energy. Post that picture. What y'all doing? Let's go. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, the Nets got embarrassed at home by... The very, very, very good Memphis Grizzlies. 118-104. The Grizzlies actually have a better record than the Brooklyn Nets, for what it's worth. Nets dropped 23-12. The Grizzlies are 24-14. A lot there, of course, to pick at. Uh, the Nets have not had the services of Kevin Durant, uh, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving for different uh, parts of the season. The Grizzlies... 
actually, there's not a whole lot to say about the Grizzlies. They've been very good despite John Morant. They've been very good with John Morant, and John Morant played amazing last night. 36 points, 6 boards, 8 assists, a monster dunk just all over Brooklyn uh, in the second half. That was bomb. Kevin Durant did what he could, 26 points, 3 rebounds, and 6 assists. But the Nets dropped a game that they probably wanted to win. That's the second of the games that they've done where they had a chance to win against a team that, you know, they could easily beat, you would think, but didn't come out with the sense of urgency and have now lost three games in a row. Yeah, I'm talking about over the weekend when they lost to the Clippers team that missed, I don't know, everyone but the Popcorn Man. So that was definitely a rough game for them. And Kevin Durant spoke about it afterwards. He said, it's about coming to the games with a sense of urgency on both ends of the floor, making the correct play on both ends of the floor. Um, that did not happen, so... It was unfortunate. Memphis uh, scored 14 points on the nine Brooklyn turnovers in opening quarters. They led by nine at halftime. They also grabbed 13 offensive rebounds, and that uh, correlates 18 second chance points. They just bullied the Nets. Um, Memphis built their lead to as much as 25 points in the third quarter by continuously just battering the Nets and attacking the basket, much of which by much of which was done by John Morant. Um, Grizzly extended their lead to 28 points in the fourth quarter, and then with Durant and Harden on the bench waving the white flag, the Brooklyn um, bench brought the deficit down to as close as 10, but couldn't get any closer. Um, and that was what it was. Durant spoke about the young guys who definitely did make an impact for the failed comeback attempt. Javon Carter, Dayron Sharp, Cam Thomas, Bruce Brown, uh, Durant, I love the young guys and what they bring to our team. Good to see them get some minutes and opportunities to make it a game, and they did for sure. So, uh, a little bit of a shame for the Nets, who will be visiting Indiana on Wednesday night, but they will have some reinforcements, uh, according to Woj, Shams, NBA Newsbreakers, Kyrie Irving is expected to make his return against the Indiana Pacers for Brooklyn. So that will be a shot in the arm for sure. Kyrie, of course, has been out all year. Uh, Y'all know the story. I'm not really going to go rehash it. It's obvious. Um, But he will make his return, so that will be fun. Meanwhile, uh, tonight, the Grizzlies will be playing Cleveland in a game that should be interesting as well. Definitely tuning in for that. Bulls hung on to be a scrappy Magic team. Yep, the same Magic team I made fun of earlier um, for forcing Jalen Brown to drop 50 for the Celtics to win. Uh, let me put some respect on the Magic's name. They're 7-31, but they go out and they compete, y'all. The Bulls won their eighth straight game, but it was very tight. Orlando was not letting go without a fight. 102-98. DeMar DeRozan, again, led the way. Uh, 29 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists for him. Wendell Carter Jr. for the Magic had 21 points, 10 boards, and 4 assists. Really funny about that was seeing DeMar DeRozan, who was uncharacteristically bad from the free throw line. He finished 7-15 from there. Uh, as he was shooting some free throws toward the end of the game, his family sitting courtside were, like, doing the motion to kind of encourage him to make it. thought that was kind of cute and ultimately funny. And what was even funnier about that is after the game, DeMar DeRozan stayed on the floor, even after they won, to knock in some more free throws to get that practice in. Just the consummate professional. You got to love what you're seeing from him, the way he's been putting in that work this season. And, you know, it's actually benefiting in a in a just demonstrably positive way. Really cool to see that. Um, speaking of DeRozan and before Morant, uh, both Morant and DeRozan were named Players of the Week uh, for their performances in Week 11. Uh, and, and much, I mean, this was ultimately deserved. Uh, Morant averaged 34 points, 6.7 boards, and 4.7 assists, while DeRozan averaged 27.8 points, 5.3 rebounds, 7.3 assists. Neither of their teams lost last week. Uh, the Bulls finished 4-0, the Grizzlies 3-0. But just want to give a shout out to those guys because we just talked about them 
and they continue their strong play so far. 76ers beat the Rockets, who were shorthanded. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood were both suspended from Tampa Tantrums the night before. Uh, probably wouldn't have been that much of a difference anyway, but without it, it was a big difference. Joel Embiid just rolled 31 points, 15 boards, 10 assists. That was just enough that poor Garrison Matthews on Houston could not overcome, but he had 23 points in a strong performance for him. Uh, the Bucks lost to the Pistons. Yep, this is not a typo. The Bucks lost to the Pistons 115-106. Sadiq Bay, career-high 34 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, career-high 8 three-pointers. Uh, that was enough to outlast a, a you know, I'd say typical Giannis game at this point. 31 points, 10 boards, 7 assists. Just career-high nights for a lot of guys. Uh, it was a tight game to start. 12 lead changes, 9 ties, but ultimately Detroit had 35 bench points to Milwaukee's 19. There was production there. Uh, the Pistons had more fast break points. Uh, it, it was tight. It was tight, but the Pistons made the, the tight moves in the margins to secure the victory. Uh, Milwaukee had won 12 consecutive matchups with the Pistons by an average of 16 points per game before Monday, and that did not include the Bucks' four-game sweep of Detroit in the 2019 first-round playoffs. Didn't matter. It didn't matter. Uh, now, to be fair, Milwaukee, again, made it tough. They uh, attempted to race a 13-point deficit in the final two minutes, but after Drew Holiday knocked down a three-pointer that got the lead down to five, Detroit's Kate Cunningham converted a putback of his own miss with 20 seconds left to make sure they got it. Uh, not a great game in terms of getting the ball in the basket. Detroit, 18-43 from three, but Milwaukee was just 11-46, and that really shot them in the foot as well. Uh, Jordan Nawara was unavailable due to protocols. That might have been helpful. That was two days after he scored 23 points and had five of seven from three. That would have helped the Bucks, especially since they were also without Giannis Antetokounmpo and Sebi Ojale due to league protocol as well. Um, Milton did return after missing a victory over the Pelicans over the weekend for personal reasons. And for him, I mean, uncharacteristically poor game. Just 10 points on 10 shot attempts, 1-6 from 3. Giannis, again, like I said, played well, but 0-4 from 3. Bobby Portis didn't have a great shooting night. Grayson Allen just 2-11. of 1-5 for Pat Connaughton. 1-6 for George Hill. You can kind of see where I'm going here with this. So, just a rough game all around. Uh, for most of the Bucks shooting, and credit to the Pistons. They played hard, they worked their tails off, they deserved the victory, and that's exactly what they got. Pelicans did see the return of Brandon Ingram after that Achilles injury slash soreness that he's been dealing with for the last couple of games. Unfortunately, it was not enough. They lost to the Jazz 115-104. Uh, understandably so, Ingram looked rusty. He was just 3 of 15 from the field. Uh, the Jazz had a balanced attack. Mike Conley finished 22 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists, uh, which was more than the Pelicans could obviously manage. Jonas Valanciunas led the way for the Pelicans, though, with 25 points, 9 boards, and 2 assists. But like I said, it wasn't just the 22 points from Mike Conley, who had more of a balanced performance. The leader in scoring for the Jazz was actually Donovan Mitchell, because of course it was 29 points on an efficient 11-19. Five three-pointers knocked down. You had 21 points from Bogdan Bogdanovich. You had uh, a double-double from Rudy Gobert. 10 points and 17 boards. Off the bench, 14 points from Jordan Clarkson. It was just a lot. It was just a lot. Uh, again, for the Pelicans, Valanciunas played well. 15 points from Josh Hart. 11 points from Devontae Graham. Not very efficient. Just 3 of 10 from 3. Uh, double figures for both Brandon Ingram and Herbert Jones. But Herbert Jones, low volume, nothing from 3. Brandon Ingram just shot horribly. 
like 16%, 14% from three horribly. So you weren't getting much out of that. Um, and that's why they, they, they succumbed to the Jazz, who, quite frankly, are just a better team. We know this. Mavericks and Nuggets clashed in what's usually a fun game between Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic. Both put up great numbers. Nikola Jokic finished 27 points, 16 rebounds, and 3 assists. But Luka Doncic finished 21 points, 8 rebounds, 15 assists, and more importantly, the W. As the Mavericks beat the Nuggets 103-89. to uh, In a game that, again, was up and down, but the Mavericks uh, climbed superiority down the stretch and really pulled away with that. Uh, Timberwolves beat the Clippers 122-104. to Anthony Edwards played very well. 28 points, 2 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, balance effort, Jaden McDaniels had a career high in 3-pointers knocked down for him. The Wolves just made a total route of the Clippers. Uh, you had 13 points from Nas Reed. I already mentioned 18 off the bench, I might add, from Jaden McDaniels. 11 points and 12 assists from Patrick Beverly. 11 points from Malik Beasley. Uh, you got 17 points from Torian Prince. The Wolves just poured it in. And what was funny about Patrick Beverly, he did not shoot the ball well at all. He was 3 of 10 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. But he said that he was making a point to get just loads of assists because when he was with the Clippers, all he heard is, oh, they need probably to trade Beverly, need to upgrade a point guard, need to upgrade a point guard. He's like, you know what? I wanted to show that I can get assists too. Like, basically, the Clippers' uh, need of a point guard was overblown. Which, to that I say yes and no. On the one hand, yes, it was. Shane Young I had on uh, for a very good podcast over the summer, and we talked about the fact that the Clippers didn't really need a point guard as much as, you know, national media or just the the Joe Schmo of the street said they did. Um, they were able to get more playmaking just as a unit and not from, like, one central ball handler the way that I guess you'd imagine a more traditional passing to go. Um, at the same time, I doubt that Pat Beverly was who we were factoring in in those cases. Like, 12 assists is pretty good. If he's averaging those numbers and let's just face it, a little healthier, I think he would still be with the Clippers. So, really good for him to be able to slap back at his old team. I love when players are able to do that. Um, and just for whatever reason, you know, make him pay for training you. Make him pay for letting you go. Like, really fun to have seen that happen. And, you know, to let Pat Beverly talk his stuff after. Why not? Uh, like I said, in addition to Serge Ibaka for the, with the 17 points, you have 13 points from Xavier Moon who got 26 big minutes, uh, good for him. On a 10-day, you also had 17, uh, 12 points from Marcus Morris. And honestly, that was kind of it. It was a rough game shooting-wise for a bunch of players. I, I kid you not. Reggie Jackson, 2 of 9. Eric Bledsoe, 0 of 3. Um, Serge Ibaka made everything he shot. Marcus Morris, 4 of 9. Terrence Mann, 3 of 4. Moon was 6 of 13. 2 of 6 for Keon Johnson. 2 of 6 for Amir Coffey. Uh, uh, we'll say one thing about Justice Winslow, who 15 points off the bench, Really good, 7 of 10. And then James Ennis, who was on a 10-day, 10 points, did miss a shot as well. But ultimately, it was just, it was a lot. The Clippers were down, of course, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, but also Nicholas Batum, Avicii Zubac, Isaiah Hartenstein, and Brandon Boston Jr. Uh, and even though, yes, the Wolves were missing the better players, well, better if you exclude Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, um, the Wolves did not have D'Angelo Russell or Carlton Towns. They had an inspired performance by Anthony Edwards, who shot very efficiently, and they had a lot of other guys step up who had a lot to prove in this game, and they made it happen in, like I said, what was ultimately a rout. All right, aside from that, you had the Warriors beating the Heat 115 to 108. Uh, Warriors came back with a huge second half. Jordan Poole finished with 32 points, two rebounds, and five assists. Uh, for the Heat, Kyle Lowry had a double double, 16 points, 
and 11 boards. But the biggest news of the night was to Jimmy Butler, who finished the game with 22 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. But unfortunately, that night was finished early for Jimmy Gets Buckets because he did go down with what had looked like a knee injury, but then was later to have been seen as a right ankle injury. He cannot put weight on that. Uh, Miami said he was helped to the locker room for that, and he's being treated. He's going to be evaluated later on today, so I probably have news for that with tomorrow's show. Uh, but the way it looked, I think he's going to be out for a couple weeks, and that's been unfortunate because he's already missed time this season with ankle and tailbone injuries, and has actually played just once more than 67 games since the 2013 season. Not very good for a guy who's 32 is locked in long-term for Miami. And they made this mistake with a lot of vets moving forward who were good vets, but as they got older, they were already injury-prone, did not change, and then what happened? So we're going to have to see how it unfolds. Not want to jump to the words like I just did, so I apologize for that. We just want Jimmy Butler to get back healthy. He's been very, very good when he has been there. He's taking over games offensively still, shutting down defenders on the other end, he's played well when he's played. He's averaging 23 points, just under 6 rebounds, 5.5 assists, and 2 steals per game. So, he's trying to put in a brick and help this team. He just hasn't been healthy enough. And the Heat roster's already thin with wing players because Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, and Gabe Vincent are currently still in the NBA's health and safety protocol. So, it will be a struggle for this Heat team, but they have faced adversity all season. They have fought without the services of Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo with that thumb surgery. So we'll have to see how they continue to scrap and make this happen. All right, well, that concludes the games of last night. So looking forward to the games of tonight. Uh, At 7 Eastern, we have a pair of games. You have the Grizzlies versus the Cavs. Already talked about that. That will be a fun game. Definitely interested to see how Darius Garland plays against John Morant. Going to be a fun little matchup there. Also at 7 p.m. Eastern, we have the Spurs versus the Raptors. Always an interesting game between those two squads. At 7.30 on NBA TV, Pacers versus the New York Knicks. Eh, Tune into that. 8 o'clock, the Phoenix Suns will be playing the New Orleans Pelicans. We'll see if we get a better performance from Brandon Ingram, but honestly, Phoenix has just been rolling 28-8. and My goodness. And then finally, to close out the night at 10.30, you have the Los Angeles Lakers playing the Sacramento Kings. Had a couple of good games between those two. You had that triple overtime game the Kings won. Then you had the resounding victory that the Lakers took back, and now we have their third matchup. Should be fun to see how those teams go at it again. LeBron James, already talked about him earlier in the show, but he has just been on a tear. And I honestly want to see, you know, what Kings team do we get? Do we get an inspired Kings team that says, you know what, we're not just going to back down like you want the work for it. We're going to get a Kings team that's going to get hit in the mouth and kind of roll over. It'll be fun to kind of see where we go with that. Aside from that, today being the fourth, birthdays, not a whole lot. Um, Happy birthday to Joe Klein, Al Jefferson, Cliff Livingston, old school player. Sidney Green, same thing. Uh, Will Bynum. James Michael McAdoo, and then two, uh, I guess you could say, active players, Ante Zizic, although he's at his, uh, overseas, and Colin Sexton, who's the biggest. Colin Sexton is now 23 years of age, uh, average of 20 points, 3 rebounds, and 3 assists. And I'll go back to big Al Jefferson. Al Jefferson, not a Hall of Famer by any stretch, but he is 37 years old. He was 2013, 2014 All-NBA. He was a uh, all-rookie team in 2005. He played 14 years in the NBA. Uh, 
known as the Big Classic, if you knew his nickname, finished with averages of 15.8 boards and just over an assist per game, uh, over 950, over 915 games with the Boston Celtics, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Utah Jazz, the Charlotte Hornets, or Bobcats, both actually, and the Indiana Pacers. So, shout out to Big Al. Low post game was amazing. Definitely make sure to look that up on YouTube if you want a blast from the past of the old school play brought to you pretty soon. So, aside from that, that'll do it here for this episode of Round Ball Ramble. You know where to find me. If you don't, that's fine. On Twitter, at CorbinNBA. Check out Round Ball Ramble, please, on Twitter, Google, Instagram, wherever. Just Round Ball Ramble. Uh, make sure to rate, review, subscribe. Let me know what I'm doing well, how I can do better. I take in the feedback. I do appreciate it, and I appreciate y'all. So, thank you for that. Again, this is Sports Ethos presentation, so check out Sports Ethos on Twitter, at Sports Ethos. Pretty simple, SP. O-R-T-S-E-T-H-O-S, online, sportsethos.com. Again, a lot of great coverage there. Make sure to jump jumping on board for that. Not just fantasy, not just basketball, okay? A lot as well, including this great podcast, which I appreciate the support as always. And then one additional thing, y'all. Check out Manscaped. Why not? Use the code, coupon code HOOPBALL20. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 to get 20% off and free shipping on your purchase at manscaped.com. One more time, HoopBall20 for Manscaped. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 to get 20% off plus free shipping. Alright y'all, that'll do it for me. I'm Frosty, y'all stay Frosty, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Alright y'all. This has been a Sports Ethos presentation.